You know what I'm going to say, listeners. The Listen In Podcast is brought to you by devoted listeners like you. Please give us a review on iTunes. Um, you got to search Listen In Podcast and do a little bit of scrolling, but you'll find us. Um, follow us on Twitter, at Listen In Pod. Get at us. What music are you excited about? We are interested in hearing from you. And with that, let's start the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Listen In Podcast. It is episode 72. We are talking a lot of new single releases, Jake. We are, and I'm trying to keep with our theme that we established Oh, last that's right, week. 72. So here are a few 1972 albums of note. Machine Head by Deep Purple, Exile on Main Street by Ooh. The Stones, Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust, Bowie, you got Harvest by Neil Young, Black Sabbath 4, um... Talking book by Stevie Wonder, Nick Moon. Uh, that's what you typed in the, that's in right. the document last week. That's mistake. right. Not Nick Moon, Nick Drake with Pink Moon. So uh, and Eat a Peach by Allman Brothers Band. So that's a few. Okay, I would say Exile on Main Street is my clear cut favorite out uh, there. Um, but Sean, are you forgetting when you say that uh, Chicago Five? Chicago. Oh yeah, sorry, record. I forgot about that. Also, fun fact: Title Nine was enacted in 1972, cool. and. Uh, Equal Rights Amendment was passed by Congress. Kind of shitty it took them until 1972 to do so. And we were still in the thick of Vietnam. That's right. So, so stuff was... Uh, stuff was happening. There, You know, socially, culturally, stuff was happening. That's right. Just like this episode. That's right. So this week we have lots of new singles to talk about from some of our favorite bands. We also have some new albums that came out last week that we want to talk about. And we have everybody's favorite segment returning, Two Truths and a Lie. That's coming later on in the episode. But first, let's talk about all of the singles that recently came out, Jake. So I think a big one... Grizzly Bear came out with a new single last week, Three Rings, from their upcoming album that's coming out this year. Uh, I'm not sure when. I don't know if they had a release date for they that have, yet. They've been very, very dodgy about playing the coy. Thing. Yeah. Are, which is very Grizzly Bear of them to do. Yeah, Because I is. feel like Grizzly Bear, they seem like they're just a bunch of like quiet guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? None of them seem like they're especially interested in publicity or like being too out there. But I'm liking this song. Have you listened to it much? I, I have. I've listened once, actually. Okay. It's it's good. I See, when we get to this point in the year and there's all sorts of singles flying and album yeah. announcements coming out, I take a step back and I'm like, you know, it's tough to keep track of all of them. I kind of want to just wait for albums to come out before I hear them. Yeah. That's me going back to us being slaves to the album format. And that's interesting because I think between the two of us, I've traditionally been more... Of a slave to the album, yeah. But I've been listening to this single not a ton. I think I've listened like four or five times. Yeah. I'm actually really enjoying it. Yeah, I think yeah, it's really I, cool. I, I thought it was good. I think it it will take more listens for me. And that's the thing. I don't want to just judge the book by its cover, basically off of one listen and be like, right. oh, this is good or bad. This album's gonna suck or be good or whatever. My thing with this, when did it become a trend to start teasing songs? With like little segments. And it's not even parts of the song sometimes. Sometimes it's just like the one of the tracks on the song. It's like one of the instruments yep. on the track. Or it's just dissonant noise Ambient or whatever. Noise, yeah. And it's like you don't – you see all these headlines on blogs that are like, oh, the National re releases new song segment. It's like – not really. Like, this might not even be a part of anything. It well, might we, just be this ambient thing they're doing to right. kind of tease. And we bring this up now because Grizzly Bear did this, I think, a couple times. Yeah. Fruit Foxes just did it today with, a like, a fragment of a... It seemed like it was something being played live or it was, like, a live listening party or something to yeah. the album. And it was, like, a quick 15-second snippet of a song. Right. And like you said, The National. Um, and yeah, Grizzly Bear did a bunch of that. I, it, it feels like kind of a waste of time. I don't have a lot of patience for this. I, I ignore those. I'm like, no, I'm not going to listen to your little snippet of a song that right. might not even be a song. I don't know. It's frustrating because I'll see, I see the headline, and it's right. like new music from Grizzly Bear. Because the thing is, like, the music media outlets that are complicit in the whole machine of it they want the clicks too. So right. sometimes their headlines are a little deceiving or they bury the lead a little bit. It's like new music from Grizzly Bear. Click. Listen to the 15 second snippet of Daniel Rossin's like feedback ridden guitar <laughs> below with like this cool looking sort of artistic video. Father John Misty would be proud of your take on music culture 
on Twitter, the blog, the blogosphere. There was some next level yeah. shit, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. they, they are, they, you know, that's where their bread's buttered. They that's know. Right. That's right. So, yeah, good song. I'm excited for the album. I wish people would stop doing this teasing thing. You know what? Do whatever the fuck you want. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, it's not affecting me. I just won't, I just won't participate. Yeah, put on as many teases yeah. as you want. Some See people go care. wild for that. No, we have I don't to do show. We got to neg them. Yeah, like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't even care that much about you. Yeah, the teasing, that's whatever. It's fine. I didn't notice you were doing it. Right. Artists, Grizzly Bear. <laughs> Um, what so do we got next? We also have LCD Sound System. Yes. Came out with uh, kind of a, I guess to say, two, two yeah, songs. D- two, yeah, a couple Call the Police and American Dream. Yeah, um, yeah. So admittedly, as someone who has never done much of a dive into LCD Sound System, I've listened to Sound of Silver. I've listened to some stuff here and there. I like some songs. Um, I really like these songs. I do too. I think they're awesome. Here's, here's the thing about LCD Sound System. I think... When they announced that they weren't broken up anymore, we gave them a little shit. We did. Being like, oh, like, of course you're not broken up anymore. Of course that was fake. And I think the sentiment on music Twitter and online has kind of been like, all right, LCD sound system. Like, you said you're getting back together over a year ago. You haven't given us any new music or, or a new album or an announcement or anything. Like, what what are you actually doing? Yeah. And I think there's been a little negative energy directed at LCD. I was surprised at how much I actually enjoyed these songs. I was ready for them to not be that good. I was like, shit, these are good LCD songs. They're really, really good, and they're my favorite kind of LCD sound system yes, songs. Because there are different kinds. That's a good point. There are, and that's from the few listens I've had to Sound of Silver and some of their other stuff, I've gleaned the fact that not all of their stuff sounds like, uh, what is it, All My all Friends? All My Friends and Someone Great. Not all of their stuff sounds like that. These songs have that vibe. This, The kind yep. of constantly building, like, sort of more anthemic vibe, and that's what I really it's like a, in their music. It's a great point. And it's interesting because you could make the argument that there's basically only two really good songs on every LCD sound system record. Oh, really? yeah. Like Sound of Silver, and people are going to not agree with this, but the ones I always go back to are All My Friends yep. and Someone Great. There's other good songs on there, but I think those are the two standouts for me. And then on um, their last one, you have Dance Yourself Clean and... Uh, What's that other one there? I, what Daft Punk is playing my house? No, that's on their first record, which I've never actually listened to completely all the way through. So my opinion is really null and void. But basically, I'm worried that these will end up being the best two songs on the album. It could be. And speaking of opinions being null and void, I don't know if this is like a totally obvious thing to people who listen to LCD Sound System, so forgive me if this is something that like is A1 stuff. On Call the Police, the way he's singing, um, what's his name again? James Murphy? Yes. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Bono. Thank you. Yes, I've been thinking the exact same thing. It sounds like a mixture of Bono and Brandon Flowers from The Killers. Yeah. It sounds just like him. To the point where I was like, is Bono featured on this track? Right. And so the reason I say that might be obvious is I don't know if there are LCD fans who are like, dude, of course, like, come on. That's like one of the main, one of the right. sort of like the references. I th- but I've never noticed it before. I have No, I, I was going to say, it has not been that pronounced before. I think you could make that connection probably but i don't think it's been as obvious as it was here uh good songs though i'm hoping the rest of the album lives up to these two do we have a release date for that album we don't i don't think we do yet okay unfortunately still in the dark from lcd uh the next single we want to talk about is is, okay is this heim or is it haim I am pretty sure it's heim i feel like when you say that you have to say it with a lot of phlegm heim yeah uh, so they came out with a, like a, new, a new song, their, their first new music since uh, 2013 with Want You Back. Quick note about Haim. Haim. This is who Taylor Swift references and hangs out with when she's trying to be indie and alternative. And, and she's energy. like, ooh, look at me. I hang out with the Haim sisters. We're so cool. Like, we take pictures on the Rhode Island coast in my mansion together and put an Instagram filter on it. I don't think Taylor Swift understands that Haim writes songs that are just as poppy and catchy as her. I don't know. Right. Like there right. seems to be this this Taylor Swift vibe of, "Ooh, I know Haim. I'm cool. We're all so cool together." It's like, "No, nah, I mean like no. Like right. you're all just like 
pop stars. Yeah, they are, and I think that. But doesn't it feel like Haim has a little more credibility? Yeah, yeah, they they, they feel more like an indie band, whether yeah. or not they are in in practice more of an indie band or indie artist than she is. Um, so I never got way way into Haim. I liked some of those. Songs. I like that. I like that album. It's I good. liked it too. I like a lot of the songs on it. I, I it was never a part like a serious album I listen to all the time. But I I like the wire. I like my song five. Mm. I like a lot of those songs that are on there. Um, this song "Want You Back" feels kind of like in the that w- the wire vein mm-hmm. of their stuff, where it's like kind of the the really quick moving guitars mm-hmm. and um, just like a, a really hard pop sensibility about it. This song is really really catchy. It is. I, I enjoy it. You know what it reminds me of a lot is remember that song at the end of Bridesmaids that they're all singing and dancing to oh, like, yeah. with the fountain. Um, yeah, the. Uh, I forget what it is. Wilson Phillips. It reminds me of that Someday so gonna hard. Turn and make With those like little fast, that song. yeah, that like fast melody. The first time I heard this, I was like, oh, that's that song. That's a good point. And I think that it, maybe I thought that too, because I know when I was listening the first or second time, it was one of those moments where you hear a little snippet mm-hmm. of a melody. You're like, what is that? Right. I know that. Right. And you even like pause the song and you're like, <laughs> come on. And then sometimes comes, sometimes doesn't. I think that's a good point. So Heim feels very much in that vein for me. I like that. It's just, you know, it might not be my first choice. might not be the thing I always go back to. Yep. But I enjoy it for what it is. Good song from Heim. You know what I enjoy for what it is, Sean? What's that? Is this new War on Drugs Ooh, song. Yes. Thinking of a place. Uh, so I have never really gotten into the War on Drugs that much. I've listened to... Uh, what's it called? Lost in the Dream? Yeah. A handful of times. I like some of the songs on there. Um, this song, though, is really something. It's, what is it, 13 minutes, 11 minutes? 12 minutes, I something think. Something like that. Yeah. It's in that 11 to 13 yeah. ballpark. Um, nice, breezy, quick song. Really breezy. Very worth a listen. It though. doesn't feel that long, though, no. does it? So this this is, I wonder what you think of this point, because I've kind of always thought this about War on Drugs. The War on Drugs feels like if the song... Boys of Summer by Don Henley yes. were expanded into a band. Yes. That's what the War on Drugs is to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I completely agree, and it's, I've thought that before. It's this like they have the they're they have this vibe. It's like a dark <laughs> guitar thing with like these little leads. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of sings a little bit yes. like Henley a little bit. Um I just said a little bit twice in six words. <laughs> I completely agree with that. I think also the War on Drugs gets better as you get older yeah. as a as a white male like as you go up in age your enjoyment of war on drugs increases as well that's what i found at least because i first listened to them i think it was 2011 when slave ambient came out and i liked some of the songs on there it, i had it, like a bruce springsteen americana vibe almost i think on lost in the dream they started to really own their sound and what it was. Yeah. And I, I was the same way. I had never really been totally into them. I listened to both those albums a handful of times. After listening to this song, I went back and I listened to Lost in the Dream. That album is awesome. Yeah. It's basically this whole vibe just spread out throughout the course of the record. And Thinking of a Place is one of my favorite songs of the year and has me really, really excited for a new War on Drugs album. It just has a really cool vibe to it if you're in the mood for it, where it's like, it's pretty repetitive, it's kind of the same sort of general chord progression, but it's just, they explore this vibe in so many different ways, and the the melodies that come through the song are so like so catchy, and there's that part in the middle where it slows down to pretty much just an acoustic guitar, and then the chorus pops back yep. in really yes. loud. You think it's going to be done because yeah. you're like six minutes in? No, you got another six coming. And I love the way he... The, he I assume it's the lead singer who plays guitar. I actually don't remember his name. I don't either. Preparedness. Wow. That's not a good No good credibility look. from us. Not a good look from us. But uh, I like his style of guitar playing. It's, one of, it's my favorite style... Of guitar playing, where it's like it's expressive, and it finds all the right notes, but it's not overly bogged down in mm-hmm. being hyper technical or whatever. His solos on this song really, really do They're it for me. They're so good. It's this nice hazy tone yeah, yeah, yeah. that just kind of meanders throughout. It reminds me of uh, a David Gilmore solo, yes, a lot. Um, and it also reminds me of summer and that point in the summer where it's just like hazy and hot yeah, yeah. and like you're maybe just like driving 
and things are just feel slow from all the heat. That's what this song reminds me of. And he did say recently in an interview, this is a very L.A. record. I can totally get that vibe from from this song. When does this come out? I, I don't know. I have no idea, We've actually. had that question about all of these. And I, I don't think we're getting a release date from any of these. I don't think we have. Um, but if this is an indication... I of... think Haim is June, but okay. that's the only one I think we know. With War on Drugs, I think this will be my, my real jumping in. Yeah. Like, I've listened before, but I like this song enough. And as long as it is, it has to be kind of the centerpiece of the album. Yeah. So I, if this is a vibe I'm getting uh, from the album coming up, I think I'm going to get into the war on drugs. Definitely, a bit. I'm excited. People, give that a listen. That's my biggest. We don't have recommendations of the week this week because I think it would for both of us be this. Unless you, oh I, no, I agree. It, it's it's this song. I, I've been loving this. Yeah. Uh, and our last single we're talking about here is Big Thief. They came out with a new single, Shark Smile. They also came out with another one a couple weeks ago that I don't think we talked about called Mythological Beauty. I uh, believe. Um, what do you think of these two from Big Thief? So, I really like both of them a lot. And I, Big Thief was a band that released one of my favorite surprise albums of, yeah. was it last year? Yes. Was it 2016? It was. What was that album called again? I can't remember. Masterpiece. Masterpiece. Good thing you remembered because mm-hmm. I almost just set us up for another, I know. For another preparedness. I know. Um, but... Yeah, so Masterpiece was a uh, a Masterpiece. big a big surprise yeah. album for me last year. I really liked it. And these songs I um I'm feeling kind of a similar vibe. It feels like maybe they're progressing a little bit as songwriters. These mm-hmm. feel like maybe um part of an album that'll have overall stronger songs. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I don't know if anything is immediate as a song like Masterpiece or like Paul, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm liking them a lot. No, I am too. I really like it and I am excited that Big Thief they they had a little bit of um, they had some good press with their last album. They really did. Certain yeah. people were talking about it. Overall, though, I think a lot of people skipped over it. Actually, I don't think a ton of people were were um, talking about this towards the end of the year on end of the year lists or anything. It seems like already I'm getting I'm seeing more hype around this album. People are saying it's really good and they took a step and it's going to be better than Masterpiece. So we'll see. Feels like there's a lot of goodwill for this band. Yeah. Feels like a, it's a band that like a lot of music writers seem to be rooting yes. for. So yes. big shout to Big Thief. Yes. So we got to jump into album discussion, Sean, and, yes. and we got to start with one that's going to be contentious. It's we got to uh, It's going to be like pulling a band-aid. We got to just do it. And you know, let me let me Well, I'll tell them what we're talking okay. about. Okay. Because Sean can't, can, he probably can't compose himself to no, say it. No, yeah, let him know. So we're talking about the new Mac DeMarco album, This Old Dog. Um, little back story history for you on Mac DeMarco. Um, we've talked, him about, talked about him on the podcast before. I like Mac. Do I love Mac DeMarco? Is he my favorite artist? Has he ever released an album that's in anywhere near my favorites of all time? No, but I like Mac DeMarco. Sean has developed... Sort of a love to hate Mac DeMarco relationship. I have. It's part shtick. It's part um, once you become known as the guy who doesn't like a certain artist, you can't. You can't. You can't back. escape it. And as my, I was. It's interesting. I was looking through his discography because I remember when um, his his uh, second album came out. Two. Two. When two came out. I kind of li- I like that album. Yeah. I generally like that album. It's good. I think where I went wrong with him was uh, Salad Days. And another one. And another one. Especially and another one. See, that EP, a- I was like, fuck this EP. It's it so must have caught me on the wrong day or something. It's so interesting because I remember when they came out, that is what actually turned me around the other way on Mac <laughs> That's right. Because what happened with another one was it was just enough of a slice of his sort of his mm-hmm. flavor and what he's about. But it was only like 20 minutes long. Max DeMarco's like, flavor is probably disgusting. Probably so tastes is, like shit. This is another big thing, listeners, with Sean, is that he seems to think that... I I feel like most of your um, qualm with Mac DeMarco is lifestyle and just in, in, in <laughs> no, image-based. Like, look, yeah, yeah, here's the thing. His look, his whole thing, his dank memes vibe turns me off. I don't like that. I don't give a shit about it. It makes me uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, so that's a big part of it. His gap-toothed smile. Yeah. He's probably a fine dude. He, and here, here's what I wanted to get to with him. I don't have the energy to hate on Mac DeMarco anymore. Right. I just don't care about this album. Okay. I listened once. I was like, I don't care. Okay. It's not bad. It's not... I mean, I don't, I don't love it. It's not bad, though. No. None of his stuff is bad. It's all fine. If you like that music, more power to you. It's just not my favorite. And I really don't want to talk about him. 
Like the I, like I don't really I just don't care. I I I, I think that that's a respectable route. Yeah. Route route to go. I kind of got stuck between route and route mm, there. It's tough. Not a good route to be on. But um, I am liking this album, and it's actually of the four. Well, of the three full lengths we're talking about in this episode, it's my least favorite. Okay. Um, which makes sense. I, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because it's like it's a okay. relatively minor effort. It's like. But I think there's some good songs on here. And so generally with Mac, I like his songwriting. I think he's a talented songwriter. He is he screams to me smart kid in a class who just doesn't try. Yeah. He's yes, like, queen. He's one of these he's like a guy who could get straight A's, could be like valedictorian if he tried, but doesn't try. Goes and smokes cigarettes behind a dumpster and then right. eats trash after. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought too. But <laughs> But here's the thing. There are some songs on here that really resonate with me and songs that I think he's doing really interesting stuff. Like, I like Moonlight on the River a lot. That's kind of a... It's like a seven-minute... There's kind of an extended, noisy jam at the end. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Some of the just, like, more... Like, This Old Dog, My Old Man. Um, There's some others, like, later on. What's it called? Uh, On the Level. I think they're just, like, good, catchy Mac DeMarco songs if you like his sound. And uh, the song Watching Him Fade Away really hits me. That's, like, I think, a really, really powerful it's i mean it's not especially powerful musically it's just him and kind of a piano but it's about his estranged relationship with his father i think and how it kind of like he's watching this guy fade yeah um yeah. and so that song hits me but yeah. it's uh i think it's i think it's a good not great album from yeah. a good not great artist that's and i think that's totally fair and i think it's interesting that when we have these conversations about a mac demarco or somebody who one person feels really strongly about it almost feels like the other person feels just as strongly the other way. But I, I think you've positioned yourself well as like, you know what, I don't love him. He's good enough. Yeah. Fine. I, you know. And and I think that his shtick annoys me less than it annoys you. In, in fact, yeah. it doesn't annoy me. Right. He just seems like a, like kind of a relaxed guy. It doesn't yeah. really bother me. I actually listened to him be interviewed on Mark Maron's podcast, and I thought he came across really well. Yeah. He just came across as like a nice, sort of funny, again, I, normal dude. And again, I can totally see that. Yeah. And... The rational side of my brain says, I know that, and he is just a normal, nice dude. The hot take side of my brain, the Skip Bayless side of my brain, a. is saying that, you know, you hate him and he sucks, which isn't true. So I just pictured your brain... Like a diagram of your brain with the two halves split, one labeled Stephen A, one labeled one labeled um, Skip. That's basically what happens. Even though that would be two hot takes. Out of your yeah, brain. it would. Okay, so I think I feel better about that than I good. thought I would. Oh, good, good. Because uh, I don't think either of us wanted to come in here and no, argue dude, about Mac I, DeMarco. That's the thing. I don't have the energy to argue about Mac DeMarco. Because the thing okay. is, is, like, I don't. I think we're definitely on opposite sides of of center on him. But we're not so far apart. No, like, no, no. Yeah. We, we can find some common ground with yeah, Mac. Sure. Uh, the next album we want to talk about is Perfume Genius. Uh, new album, No Shape. This is the follow-up to 2014's Too Bright. It is uh, Perfume Genius's fourth album. So I, I, this got a best new music, a strong best new music 8. from 8. Pitchfork. 8.8. Those have been coming in strong for you, by the way, on the over-under. We're on pace. We're on, We're pace. on pace for best new music. We are not on pace for 9.0 reviews. We need some more of those. What have we gotten? Two we of those? We got two. We got Mount Erie and, and Kendrick, right? That's correct. That is correct. Uh, so Perfume Genius, I got into him back in 2012 with Put Your Back Into It. Same as me. Uh, really like Put Your Back Into It. I, I would say that's probably still my favorite Perfume Genius album. Um, no Shape has been really good. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. Uh, I really enjoy... Obviously, the single, Slip Away, is really good. Uh, I really like Wreath. Um, the last song, Alan. I, as much as I like this album and know it's good, it hasn't grabbed me in a way where I'm very passionate about it yeah. and want to just keep listening nonstop. And that's how I felt about Too Bright as well. I was like, oh, this is really good. Uh, but then just never really got excited enough about it to keep listening. It never sunk its teeth yeah. into you. I'm really, really liking No Shape a lot. Um, another song I want to highlight, I agree with all the ones you said. I also really like Die For You. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And the song Sides. The back half of this album is really strong. Yeah. Um, and so I have a... To repeat your story would be boring, but basically it's the same for me. Like I got into him with Put Your Back Into It. I listened a handful of times to Too Bright. 
and I don't know if it was where I was at in my life or what was happening, but I never got totally into that album, um, even though I like uh, Perfume Genius. I'm liking this one a lot, and yeah. I feel like it's going to get me sort of back into them. And I think the listen I had just today to this album turned the corner towards really like Good, it. good. And, and what has happened, actually, is that it's been on my list. Like, I'll set up, like, a queue in mm-hmm. Spotify. And I kept putting it last. I kept putting other albums. I Like, Mac I'd put first, and then, um, like, Slow Dive or something else that just came out, I put it ahead. So today I was like, you got to put... Because what's happening is you're getting tired by the time you get to yeah. that album, so you got to put it first. And I did. And I think it was my best listen to it. Nice, this, this is a really, really good album if you like Perfume Genius. Yeah, and I feel like he's progressed in some ways. I agree. Some of the arrangements that are on here are really interesting with this the guy, strings. Like Perfume Genius has sneakily put in work. Yeah, as an artist. Yeah, like, like three albums that have gotten a ton of acclaim. Yes, like re- like consistent acclaim, and like, more and more with each album. I feel like no one really talks about them. No. Though. Right. It, every time a new album gets announced, it's always like, oh, yeah, Perfume Genius is always putting out good music. But no one really talks about them, uh, or, or at least, like, in a in a popular sense. I Like, serious new music fans, like, know Perfume Genius right. and, and like them. But, like, you never get hyped when you see him on, like, a festival bill. And he's never that high, it feels yeah, like. It's you know? in that way where I... I wasn't even really excited when I saw it because I was like, yeah. I don't know if I love Too Bright. We'll right. see how this goes. And then, again, he's killing it with the reviews. Yeah. And the thing is, you listen, you're like, I see why. He writes awesome songs. Right. And, like, really cool arrangements. And it's clearly thought through. And he has an interesting perspective. And, I, yeah. I mean, I, I have all good things to say. And I, I think that this might be the Perfume Genius album where I kind of, like I said, turn that corner yeah. a little bit and Definitely. get more into him. Definitely. Good, good. Um, another one we had, I mentioned it while I was talking about Perfume Genius, is the new Slow Dive album um, coming from the 90s shoegaze stalwart Slow Dive. The album is called Slow Dive. Mm, self-titled album. Self-titled. I like when artists do self-titled later on. Later on. Kind of a, a white album move. That's although right. That's the thing that's like... Five years after the Beatles got famous, so it's kind of it's different. It feels a lot longer, <laughs> right, right? But it's not that long. That's kind of a my, my bloody Valentine move. Yeah, interesting that both these shoegaze bands did that. So, what do you think of this record? I love this album. This is one of my favorite albums of the year. To be honest with you, I think it is beautiful, beautiful music that just like soars and. You feel the music here, the melodies, the arrangements, the instruments. It all feels very full and crisp and beautiful. And to be honest with you, um, I, I've listened to what is considered their best album, uh, Suvlaki. I listened to that. I listened to that once too. I listened to that last year. Also, really, really good. Does that have a song called Allison on it? It does. Okay, I thought it does. Yeah, Allison's one of the standout tracks. Um, so does. Uh, here she comes. Okay. When the well, when the, when the sun hits, that's that's probably the one people know the most. Okay. Um, I like this better than than Suvlaki. I, I think you could argue that this is the best slow dive album that they've done. That they have taken the sound that they were doing in the '90s and just built on it. And it's like this fully realized dream pop shoegaze experience that has just immediately grabbed me, like no album has in a while. Yeah, it, it's been grabbing me, too, and and I don't even have really much of a backstory with um, Slow Dive, where I've I've I think I listened to Suvlaki one time um, when I was really into My Bloody Valentine, and I think I gave it a spin then, and I really haven't revisited it. But seeing the reviews, and when you said that you've been loving it, and that you you know had been listening a lot to it, I gave it a listen. And and the thing is, I don't have like much of a nuanced take yet because I've listened I think three four times, and I'm really enjoying it. But it's such an album where like it, it, it's sort of shoegaze, so it has like that kind of atmospheric or mm-hmm. droney vibe to it, and you can kind of just get lost in it. Yeah. And so I don't honestly. I'm looking at the track list right now. I couldn't tell you what song is which. Oh, really? I really okay. don't at this okay. point. No. I, I I I mean I've listened a good amount now. I, I have a good sense of the songs. I think yeah. slow mo. I think that opening track is yeah. amazing, and I think immediately grabs you. Um, the the dual vocals they have, the male and female yeah. vocals here complement each other so well and they do different layers of it which is amazing i think the the single sugar for the pill is really really good um i also really love no longer making time really you can't go wrong with any song on this album um one quick thought i had that last song falling ashes the pi- thinking about love yeah, yeah yeah but like that piano 
sounds almost exact. No, I'm not saying they stole it. That's not what I'm saying, listeners. So don't fucking worry. <laughs> but it sounds almost exactly the same as the piano in um, Daydream. Is it Daydreaming or Daydreamers off of? Um, oh yeah, Shit Pool. yeah, yeah, yeah. The piano sounds like the same as yeah, that that's Radiohead a, yeah, song. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, I didn't even think of that. Not that that's even that they're not even really a comparable band. But I just that's one thing I noticed. But yeah, I mean, I've been getting lost in this album in a very very good way. And I definitely look forward to listening to it more. You know what's interesting? I've I've listened now, I don't know, probably like six, seven times. And I've noticed on certain listens, it grabs me more than it does on other listens. Yep. Where, I don't know if it's a headphones thing or a speakers thing or just mood. What have you been finding is better? Headphones or I've speakers? had both. I've had both. I've had okay. uh, a headphones listen that's been amazing. I've had a car listen that's been great. I've had other ones that aren't as much but still really like it um those are confusing and it is confusing i think it just has something to do with this music where you it's it is easy to get lost in it and have it be background music i think when you're really focusing on it that's when it's better yeah um so i think that is more of what's been happening with me is my best listens are when i'm totally focused on it rather than when it's background uh so I highly recommend checking out Slow Dive. This is a top, at least top five album for me so far this year. I really, really like this. Shoegaze in general, more and more I'm realizing is is my bet. I really mm. like Shoegaze. That whole tone mm-hmm. is really, really cool. We have one more on the on the list here, Sean. We do. This was such a pleasant surprise for me. Yeah. This is the Meeting of the Waters EP by Animal Collective. The second Animal Collective EP that we have gotten this year. And I just want to say, before we dive in, we got some good uh, friend of the pod interaction on oh, Twitter on great. this. great. Uh, in general, yesterday, yeah, on Monday, right, right. Uh, great interaction from multiple different people. Uh, let's keep that up. Follow us, at ListenInPod. We'll interact with you. We'll talk music all day long. That's right, because we have nothing better to do. That's right. Um, but So this is, like you said, the second EP Animal Collective has put out this year. Um, and this EP only has Geologist and AV Tear on it. Yeah. I guess the uh, Deacon hasn't been kind of in the picture for a little bit, but Panda Bear's not on this at all. Right. Do you know the backstory behind this, by the way? I don't know the whole backstory. Okay, no. so basically, I think Vice does this um, this show or this series or whatever about artists uh, and the environment, basically. And oh. they kind of like raise awareness for, you know, the environment, basically. And Good I, thing to raise I awareness for. I think... They went to some jungle, rainforest, somewhere, and recorded this in the forest or in the, like, outside. Like in a hut or something? Dude, I think just out in, like, a clearing in the woods. I think I saw a picture of A.V. Terror just, like, sitting cross-legged, like, in the woods recording this. Such an Animal Collective thing to do. Um, But honestly, I think that context really is refreshing for Animal Collective. A band who we've talked about, was not putting out as good of quality work as they were five, six years ago. Or at least or, less or, interesting to us. Yeah, exactly. So I was very pleasantly surprised by this EP. I went into it thinking like, oh, I, I should listen to this Animal Collective EP. Came away from it really enjoying it. I think the sound here, there's kind of almost like a, almost an ambient feeling almost where it's just it's feeling it's not as densely layered as no, no, Painter's no. EP or Painting With, which I really, really appreciate. This feels like Strawberry Jam era AV Tear. Uh, in particular, the song uh, Man of Oil, which I think is awesome. I think that's the best Animal Collective song that they've come out with since the Fall Be Kind EP. I've found that the tone of this EP is really refreshing. It's like what you're speaking to where it feels a little more open, feels a little bit more just like... Like, less cluttered. I think the biggest issue I had with what they were doing on Painting With, it was so densely cluttered with sound. And they did that classic Animal Collective thing where the vocals like, it's like all call and response, but right right on top of each other. Um, There's not much of that. This So, okay, full transparency, which is a phrase I hate, but I just said, (laughs) I don't have the whole background on Animal Collective. I haven't listened to their whole discography. I've listened to the major Cornerstone albums. Uh, Feels, Sung Tongs, Merryweather Post, Strawberry Jam, the two big EPs, um, what do they call it again? Fall Be Kind and... Uh, Water Curses. Water Curses. Yeah. I've listened to all that stuff. I like all that stuff. This reminds me of what I've read about early Animal Collective, mm. which is that it was like there are some albums where 
isn't it them and like an acoustic guitar and a little bit of programming yeah. like kind of like making cool sounds yeah, and stuff yeah. just doing sort of yep. fun like almost experiments yep. this seems like they kind of hit a refresh a little bit yeah. and I agree that Man of Oil is a great song and I was just listening to this actually right before you came over to record I think that last song and I'm spacing on the name I think that's pretty cool too Selection of a Place yeah that song's pretty cool the first song is 13 minutes long <laughs> yeah it is and is good it's like it's a nice little sort of ambient song mm-hmm. um but I, I think the highlight yeah is Man of Oil but I enjoy yeah. listening to this that's the thing yeah exactly it's more and more that I've gone back to the Painter's EP even Jimmy Mack which is a cover I found mm-hmm. out didn't realize yeah. that and um kind of bonkers um I those are on my best of the year list. Kind of bonkers is a really good song. Yeah, they're, I think they're both really good. But when they come up, I find myself skipping them now. Oh, me too. Me too. Because I have kind of bonkers on my best of playlist, yeah. and I skip that. There's a lot of songs I end up skipping from me that too. playlist. I need to clean that up. I think because they're clearly not best songs of the year. Yeah, I need I need to clean the clutter a little bit on mine too. But I I think that what's interesting about this is that I think Man of Oil will end up on mine. Um, oh yeah, and it might be one that I end up listening to a little more than oh, yeah. than those songs. Yes, definitely. Like I said, it's my favorite Animal Collective song they've come out with since the Fall Be Kind EP. Um, there are some good ones on on Centipede um, that are like right up there too. But I, I've been really really enjoying this. So overall, I think it was a strong week for new releases. We had a lot of stuff come out. Uh, Slow Dive has definitely been the highlight for me. So. Speaking of EPs, Sean, yes. we got a Mount Rushmore. Yes. This is kind of a suggestion, in a way, from Big Friend of the Pod, Josh, who yep. was talking to us about his extensive knowledge of Animal Collective's back history and all their EPs. He actually ranked their EPs on Twitter. So it got us thinking, what are our favorite EPs just in general of mm. all time? Um, so we're doing a Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Do you want to go? Do you want me to go? Uh, you can go first. Okay. Um, so the ones I picked are Sun Giant. By Fleet Foxes, I feel like it's kind of an obvious pick, but that EP is like perfect mm-hmm. and a perfect complement to their sound in those early days. Um, second, I have the uh, Mobo presents the perfect cast EP that I was really into at the end of uh, 2015. Was yeah. it that came out? Yes. Um, great, great, great EP. I think that it's actually them at their height. In some I ways. would agree. I would completely agree with that. And it's this kind of different sound. We've talked about this a million times. Yeah. But it's this kind of different sound than they did. It's my favorite modern baseball. Yeah. Yep. Like the songs that Bren is writing on Perfect Cast are some of my favorite modern mm-hmm. baseball songs ever. Um, I got Sometimes the Blues is Just a Passing Bird by Tallest Man on Earth. Um, big shout to you for including that in your list. Or in, as a nominee in your nominees list, mm-hmm. and um, me seeing it and remembering that I love it because <laughs> uh, I cu- I couldn't re- I forgot that yeah. one completely. And um, fourth, I'm going to go Jank Versace Summer. That was huge for me last year, and um, I think of all time, huh? I love EPs? that. I love that wow. EP. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I had a, a comprehensive nominees list you here. Did. I had a lot. Um, so this is actually pretty tough to narrow down, and I'm going to have to leave off some that I also really love. I agree. My two easy picks were the Sun Giant Fleet Foxes EP and the Perfect Cast Modern Baseball EP. I, I love those. I could listen to those whenever. Um, this is where it started to get challenging here. Um, so I, I, I had a list of nominees that I had. I ended up going with the first Tallest Man on Earth EP. Um, as much as I love Sometimes the Blues is Just a Passing Bird, I think I prefer that super gravelly all acoustic version really early of tallest man on earth where it's like who is this like swedish bob dylan character i, I honestly i totally forgot about tallest man until i saw yeah. him on your list that also is a, a really really good ep it's, yeah. and it's both are easy to listen to but and like that one it does capture that really early yeah tallest I, man I, I love that i think the, i think the tallest man on earth ep is better than shallow grave I as too. as like I would rather listen to that EP. I, I would think. too because I think Shallow Grave has a maybe. It's been a long time since I've listened, but I it never holds me for the whole list yeah. as much as yeah. Certainly not as the Wild Hunt. Right, right. Uh, so yeah, Tallest Man on Earth first EP, and then I have the Virginia EP by the National. So this is actually almost just like a full album. The way I treat it is the first half is the actual EP, and then they include some live versions of songs on the second half. So anytime, this is hard with EPs, because a lot of times what what bands will do is they'll stick on live versions of stuff to kind of fill out the rest of the EP, or just an alternate version of a song that you already know. 
The first half of this, though, I think has some of their best non-album songs. In particular, You've Done It Again, Virginia. I think that's one of their best non-album songs. Santa Clara is great, as well as uh, Tall Saint. So there's really good demos and really good um, just unheard of songs on the Nationals Virginia EP. Could have I also nominated the, the Cherry Tree EP by the National, um, but I do think Virginia EP is is their strongest output in that context. So that is my Mount Rushmore. There's a lot of other ones we could have picked though. A lot of great EPs out there. And listeners, what are your favorite EPs of all time? Shoot us your Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Um, we're curious about that as well. Mm-hmm. We also have a mailbag question this week, Sean. Mailbag from a big friend of the pod, Kelsey, um, who says. Will Phoenix be one of those bands that releases a competent rock album? Quoting, I think, Sean, who sort of coined this phrase through the uh, the podcast over time. Um, and that is sort of a reference to bands like Spoon and bands like who else who released albums this year that were like, they're good. Real estate. Real estate where they're kind of at this point a, an established band and they're releasing albums that are undeniably good, undeniably listenable. But are they great? Are they something that's going to really stick with you? Are they maybe, the most exciting at this point? Maybe not. Maybe right. not. So will Phoenix fall into that group? What's your answer? What do you <laughs> the, think? Phoenix as a competent 2017 rock album. I, ye- yes, I think that will end up happening. I think it will actually end up being a little bit better than those other two, though. I think that, yeah, I agree. And what, what I was about to just say is every time I listen to any Phoenix album, I forget how good it was. Yeah. But that's part of being a competent rock band. Exactly. That's a right. big indicator. Right. When people are like, oh, shit, I forgot how good Spoon is. Yeah. Like that, and that hap- every time I listen to that new Spoon album, I'm like, oh, yeah, like this right. is actually really good. Every time you listen, you mean you didn't just listen three times and call it quits like I did? All the times I did listen. <laughs> okay. It's been, I mean, admittedly, it's been a while. <laughs> okay. It's been a while. But all the times I did listen... Um, Did you listen to the single on this, by the way? J-Boy? That's another one we could have included. It's good. It's good. It is is good. It's good, Phoenix. Uh, So I think, like, Bankrupt, their 2013 album, was starting to trend into this. It's definitely good. It definitely is that that follow-up to the Breakout album that isn't as good. But it's still good. This is the one that had entertainment on it, right? Yes. Okay. Good song. SOS and Bel Air. Yeah. I I um, didn't listen to this album a lot. I did not. Okay. I did. I had a good little run with that album. Yeah. I I like it. Wolfgang Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix a lot when it came out back in 2009. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, but the funny thing about Phoenix is they're a band that has a significant backlog. They have a lot of albums. Oh, a lot of people would say, and I've never taken the time to go back beyond Wolfgang. I think a lot of people would say maybe the album It's Never Been Like That is their best. I've heard that take from certain people. So I think those are like the Phoenix heads, though, that really like them and know them. Uh, We're just basically like the car commercial basics who came in with, oh, I like 1901. It's like back in the early 2000s when Modest Mouse or Fountains of Wayne fans were like, hey, uh, Stacy's mom and Float On isn't all there is. <laughs> Did you know that Fountains of Wayne is a band that had like a, a they weren't just like a one-hit wonder pop-punk band? No, I know. They have like, they're pretty well-reviewed and, and regarded. Yeah, They were really liked as a, yeah. as a rock band and Modest yeah. Mouse was obviously in the same Modest camp Mouse, but yeah. Modest Mouse is, I think, right. has more of a reputation right. as a great band than right. Fountains of Wayne, certainly. <laughs> Right. Yeah, so Phoenix, I think I think we're in for a good album. Is it going to be a show-stopping 2017 release that really hooks us? Maybe not. And it's weird that you can kind of already chalk it up as that. Doesn't I think I think Kelsey mentioned this on Twitter when we were discussing where she's like you can kind of just tell. I agree with that. I felt the same way about Spoon. I felt the same way about Real Estate. I'm feeling the same way about this where it's like I know what I'm going to get with them yeah. and I just I can't get overly excited about it. I agree. I wonder how much of it is self-fulfilling prophecy I, yeah, in some ways. Yeah, where you're like, yeah. your mentality is so skewed by that thinking. Where it's like, oh, it'll just be another album of that sound by that band that makes that sound. And they do it well, but it's not that exciting. I wonder like, if there are somehow new Phoenix listeners. Who there, are, there must be. There have, yeah, there there have, have to be. be. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. There, it, yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap up this week's episode with the return of one of our favorite segments, Two Truths and a Lie. We've taken a little bit of a hiatus here. We've had some busy, packed episodes. We have. Haven't had time to do it. Um, so mine, I'm switching it up a little. Instead of doing an artist, I'm picking everyone's favorite music blog 
That's right. Stereo gum trivia. No, we're doing pitchfork <laughs> trivia here. Okay, this is exciting. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. There was a Bloomberg business article about pitchfork that came out last week, I think. Um, uh. So it had some interesting facts in there. Hmm. Did you read this? I didn't. Not to brag. Sean's up to date on Bloomberg business. <laughs> no, no. I saw this get shared on Twitter. I don't, I don't regularly read Bloomberg business. Um, but you, you know, know what? And that, that's a good look, though. If you're like, oh, they were referencing yeah, Bloomberg yeah, business. Yeah. I, <laughs> I happened across it. Yeah, uh, as I was reading through the my seven articles. He, you know, it's interesting. Uh, quick side note, quick little humble brag. I was in the National Business Honor Society in college, mm. and as a, uh, I, I guess it was a perk of being inducted. You got a year free subscription to Bloomberg Business. There you go. Weekly, it was a weekly publication. So I just had these. Magazines mailed to my house every week. Wow! Didn't read them one bit. So I, they went right in the recycling. I recycle. No big deal. Um, a lot of humble brags but, this episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> there was that article. Basically, check it out. It's interesting. So some of the actually pretty much all, eh, most of the facts here come from that article. So hopefully Jake didn't read it. I did not read. Okay. It. I did not. Good. Uh, okay. Two truths and a lie. Pitchfork. Number one. Pitchfork rose to fame and earned its reputation as tastemakers and industry insiders with its review of Arcade's Fire debut album, Funeral, in 2004. Number two, in 2015, publishing giant Condé Nast purchased Pitchfork from owner and founder Ryan Schreiber. Number three, the original name of the website was Turntable. But after another website of the same name claimed the rights, it was changed to Pitchfork to reference Tony Montana's tattoo in Scarface. Wow. Who's the bad guy? Who's the bad guy? Um, that is a very specific third one where I felt mm. pretty good about the first two being true. Yeah. So we're... Okay. Okay, so the Condé Nast thing, I know that they bought them out. Okay. I, I know that they're... I was actually scrolling through Pitchfork today and saw the Condé Nast logo okay. at yep. the bottom. Yep. I remember when that happened. I want to say that they did rise to fame because of the Arcade Fire thing. I know that that was a big review when that came out. The other thing sounds so specific, it might be true. But I've learned with this game, you got to go with your gut. I'm going to say number three is the lie. Number three is the lie? Yes. Incorrect. Okay. Number one is the lie. Pitchfork was already well established by 2004 uh, with Arcade Fire. They actually blew up with Kid A, okay. their Kid A review. And so you, I like what you did there because you went with a common misconception. That's right. That's a good way to go in two That's right. So, so the story with this Kid A review was that they... Since they were leveraging the internet, they were one of the first people to get a review out when Kid A came out. And I, I guess the, um, the they review... They gave it a 10, right? They gave it a 10. It's one of only 12 10s they've given out in their history. The last one being Twisted Fantasy. Almost like seven years well, ago Well, it's now. interesting. Before that, their last 10 was in 2002. Wow. So... Doesn't happen much. Um, where it's it's like a thousand year storm, basically, when wow. you get uh, ten from Pitchfork. That's pretty crazy, actually. But that Kid A review, it like they didn't have that reputation as tastemakers or industry insiders. I guess that Kid A review was pretty nonsensical. It had like weird comparisons in it, huh. and it was just like it kind of went viral because of the ten it gave Radiohead, and also because of like the crazy stream of conscious review that they gave so ah. they, they didn't have that reputation yet as being like hipstery insiders it was like who are these like crazy people giving a 10 to like this weird fucking album so and they were like oh. one of the first to review it so kid a was really the one that um helped blow up pitchfork the i think the misconception with that arcade fire one is that pitchfork was already established yeah. that is what made arcade fire famous was that review. Mm -hmm. okay. Pitchfork was already solidified as being that that tastemaker at that point. I guess um, when Funeral, it got a 9.7, when it got that review, their label, they, it, it went out of print because so many people so wanted it and they didn't think the demand would be there. So you couldn't get it for a little bit. That was a good one. That, yeah. was, that was a good lie and you framed it well. My hat's off to you, sir. Thank you. A, a fine two Thank truths you. and a lie. Victory for you. Thank you. We, there's That pretty much is the norm for both of us. We just stump the other person. Yeah, I think 
I think we both have gotten it right once. Yeah, you I got think... Drake right, and I got one of yours right. Yeah. I don't remember what that was. Yeah, Fleetwood uh, Mac with the, uh, with, the, with the yeah, I think it was Fleetwood. with the with the Pentagon sixty nine. Th- <laughs> That's right. I think it was Fleetwood. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think that was good. I liked branching out besides doing yeah. just an artist. Yeah. So I'll, I'll keep we'll uh, we'll uh, keep our antennas out for yes. other things. Absolutely, absolutely. So that wraps up this week's episode. Uh, we will be back next week. Thanks, y'all. Peace. We're recording. We are. In one of two new locations. That's right, yeah. Jake's apartment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, kind of like when the Beatles broke up, Sean and Jake moved out, got their own places. That's right. That's um, right. I bought a Ninja Blender to make smoothies because I ah. basically don't eat fruits or vegetables. So, I was like, <laughs> you know what? You're an adult. You gotta eat. Act as such. <laughs> like, one. start eating some fruits and vegetables. I love just, like, drinking things. It's a lot easier for me to do than to eat and prepare foods. So I've just been throwing all sorts of stuff into the Ninja Blender. Do you do some, like, with this smoothie I see here, mm-hmm. do you do some, like, almond milk? Mm-hmm. Some kind of a creamy thing? Yes. So, mix in there? this one that we're looking at right now mm-hmm. is radio. banana. Good start. That gives helps give a creamy some, texture some, and some like sweetness to also it. Also part of the brat diet. Continue. That's right. Kale and spinach. Okay. Uh, I did a mixture for liquid of green tea and um, some V8 green juice that I had left over, uh, and then I put frozen banana, mango, and carrot on top. Okay. Ground that all up. Drinking it down tastes very sweet. Uh, I also like to do banana. Chocolate almond milk, peanut butter, frozen strawberries. Really good. Did you say banana in there? Was the first thing? Yeah. That actually sounds awesome. So I went to that place, Milk and Honey on Elm Street. It's Mm -hmm. like a new vegan restaurant. Big Mm -hmm. shout. Mm -hmm. A little local marketing, not a big deal. If you want to be a sponsor, feel free. (laughs) Get it. That one was free. The the next one won't be. The next one will cost. We're going to invoice your ass. (laughs) They start receiving invoices unsolicited (laughs) to their door. Um, But I got. A smoothie that was basically what you just described. It was like mm. banana, I think almond milk, peanut butter. It actually might have been exactly what yeah. you just described. And it was awesome. Yeah. And actually watching you drink this now makes me kind of want to get into the smoothie mm. game a little bit. Have you tried at, at the Bridge Cafe? Big shout. If you want to be a sponsor, get at us. Have you heard of um, their Green Monster smoothie? Yes, I've heard of it. Yeah. I, I've never had it. I've it's never supposed had to be great. Though. People at, at work go crazy for yeah, it. Yeah. A lot of people do all of the, the Manchester... Elites bourgeoisie love the Bridge Cafe smoothies, and it's actually it, it has made me not want to get one because they're so fucking annoying about it. Right, because you don't want to be part of the yeah. establishment. Yeah. Oh, what's this? Good thing we good thing we weren't recording. A phone call. Hmm. Good thing we weren't recording. Yeah. It's pretty inconsiderate. So maybe I throw it on pause because it's Mary Kate and okay. she's supposed to be at work. Okay. All right, we're back. Had to take okay. a call. Not an emergency, no. listeners. I know you were worried. Yeah. Everything's yeah. fine. But we were just talking about how Trump so, fired yeah. the head of the FBI. <laughs> that was the call Jake got. It was to yep. inform him yep. of the yep. of the mood and that he's on the short list for head of the FBI now. It's you Should know, I not have said that on the hot mic? I'm now out of the running <laughs> because you did say it. Just did you a favor, Jake. He probably did. And yeah. this with this administration... <laughs> Come on. I love that. It's one of my favorite things. Like, it's it's not a big deal to say that, but that's a great way to sound smart if you don't, you know what I mean? Like, if you don't right. really know what's going on with this administration. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. There's no details with that. No. Everyone knows what you mean. Like, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's what true. What are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, to sum up, smoothies are great. Easy way to get fruits and vegetables because I don't get enough. Mm. Uh, yeah. Smoothies. Right. But I forgot that's what we were talking about. It's great. So when you get called by... High up, people in high places about FBI positions. You kinda, Smoothies go out the window. I understand. End up in a landfill somewhere <laughs> <laughs> because of this. All right. Well, I feel good. Okay. Okay. Are you ready to go? Yes. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. All right. All right. Ready. Three, two, one.